0: What is up, Only Playbook fans? We are back for another episode, episode 39. We are previewing the divisional round. It is on tap, two games tomorrow, two games Sunday. A lot to unpack. I'm Sweetheart. I got Shisho. We're back in the house, and we got Shovet. How are you guys doing? doing great man i love this new place that we're in right now this is
1: feels such like a studio vibe and i love the sound
2: studio sounding yeah uh, shout out to a <laughs> new
0: his lines yeah dude it does it definitely f- has like a different aura or yeah. Like yeah. vibe like you said that makes it feel more official
2: yeah the, the only difference between us and joe rogan right now
0: is that we're <laughs> better looking I <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, we do a little bit more research than he does and we have hair and <laughs> yeah. he's bald yeah um, but he's getting a lot of guests. So, um, you know, he's doing something right, but just how was the uh, Orlando trip? Dude, I'm, I'm so stressed.
2: I just hope life gets better after this podcast stuff and things take off and, you know, we can start marginalizing what's important and what's like just for funsies. But yeah, that was, that was an in- intense
0: trip. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. If, if they offer you a job in Orlando, are you going to take it?
2: No no, no. no. I've, I've, I've interviewed I've interviewed <laughs> at like 30 <laughs> like 30 different places now and I want to stay as close to home as possible so yeah okay. Fort Worth I, I, I'm actually going to go see the hospital uh, on the 26th of next week um so yeah, I mean, I'm just going to like, just, yeah, I can't say too much. Cause if they're listening to this, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they're going to be like, blah, 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 But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to
0: stay around here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. We're excited to keep you around here. Hopefully we all stay yeah, here forever. Most Definitely. We never leave anywhere. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. Like you mentioned, uh, all the support so far this year, if you enjoy our content, we're social media everywhere. Uh, Twitter at only playbook, Instagram at the only playbook, tick at the only playbook. And then all podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, Google anchor and apple. And obviously we have a YouTube channel, the only playbook again, every live. Like, subscription, retweet, comment, all of that helps spread the word. And obviously, we made an announcement, but tomorrow we are going to have a special episode, and our first-ever guest is going to be NFL safety from the Detroit Lions, no other than Brady Breeze. Uh, so we're super excited. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, the more we can spread awareness and, and, and the know about our podcast, that's the stuff that we can get down the road and, and, and continue to do that. So appreciate the support so far. Keep it coming if you want to see more content where we pick the brains of NFL players. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, let's jump into the first segment. The first game on Saturday, we have the Cincinnati Bengals, the number four seed traveling to Tennessee to take on the Tennessee Titans, the well-rested Titans, the resurging Titans. Derrick Henry is on the horizon. Titans, uh, Titans coming in here at three and a half point favorites at home over under sitting at 47 and a half. Um, Exciting, exciting game. I think that's going to be the theme. What are you guys seeing from this one?
1: Dude, the last time the Bengals won a divisional matchup or playoffs was, I wasn't even born yet. That was like 30 <laughs> years ago. And let alone the next round, I think it's the divisional round that they've won. It's probably been like 50 years since yeah. they have won that. So it's going to be an incredible feat if they are able to uh, win against Tennessee. I think the one thing to look out for is the Tennessee Titans defense, right? They've been um, really well with Kevin Bayard uh, and uh, their defensive back. Uh, in the last four games, their passing uh, yards allowed is has been under 300 games. Which is an important three hundred yards. Sorry, three hundred games. Uh, three hundred yards a games, uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and then the the Bengals on the other side also, ha, you know, they're really good at passing the ball. Uh, they've got they're averaging three hundred eighty five yards in the last three in the last four games. So it's gonna be interesting to see like which. Uh, where the defense is able to contain the Tennessee Titans. Um, uh, The one thing, one interesting to kind of look at is the Titans are the league most penalized uh, team in terms of defense goes. And if we saw anything from the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs, if you are not grounded and, you know, disciplined, disciplined, limiting penalties, you're going to get burned in the playoffs. I don't care what team you are. So that's going to be something interesting to watch for.
2: Yeah, for sure. So since we really only have four games to talk about, I just dove deep into the world of statistics and just found all kinds of stuff. Hell yeah. So first and foremost, this is the second time these two teams have met ever in the postseason. Uh, Last time was 1990, and that's when Cincinnati beat Tennessee. uh, With most points Cincinnati's ever scored in a playoff game, and the high, highest margin of victory Cincinnati's ever had in a playoff game. Not that it means anything right now, but it's just something
0: to, you know, remember yeah. mm-hmm. that the Tennessee Titans have been beaten by Cincinnati. Uh, remember the, the Titans. Remember the yeah. Titans. Remember <laughs> the Bengals. The other the, the other interesting thing about the year 1990 was that was the year you were born. Yeah. I don't know how that plays a role right <laughs> yeah, now. I don't either. But, yeah, that's a, that's a good one.
2: It's, it's so nice to be born in such like a – with a with a year with a zero afterwards. Yeah, it's just so like, clean. Quick
0: math. Yeah. Like the r- rest of your life is just quick math. I was like, where are you going with that? Why <laughs> is it? Nice? I'm a okay, ninety baby. No, sense. I was born in 1997. Like that's just so much harder to be like ninety. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, but our number is a palindrome, right? 1991. It's yeah. a 1991.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cool. We all both of our years have some good vibes next to them. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm getting at. <laughs> okay.
2: Speaking of good vibes, um, Derek Derek Henry's back, like we talked about, right? So here's some crazy shit. <laughs> Derek Henry finished in the top ten in attempts this year he finished top 10 in rushing yards he finished top 10 in rushing uh touchdowns despite missing nine games that's insane. that has never happened in the history of football that has never happened nobody has finished top 10 in all three of those categories after missing nine games so that shows us how important this one guy is mm-hmm. right and to tell you more about how important this guy is Tennessee has averaged seven yards per play on 120 plays, while Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown are in the same play. Okay, so that's 120 plays. They got that mm-hmm. opportunity to have all of them there, and they averaged seven yards per play when Damn. that was happening. That's a stat, the, right? The yeah, best the best team in the league in yards per play, without counting who's playing there, who's playing not, is the yeah. 49ers with 6.1, right? So mm-hmm. when these three are healthy, yeah. 120 plays is plenty of sample size to make that decision, mm-hmm. that Tennessee Titans may be the best team when all three of these players are playing mm-hmm. because the next best team is almost a whole yard less. I love that. That's right? why? Which is the 49ers? Which is yeah. the 49ers. So right. it, that's insane. That's crazy. And without those three, outside of those 120 plays, it, they're, they're averaging 4.9 yards per play, which is not even near the top at all. So that's a, that's a huge, significant gain they have having all three of those guys now. So that definitely changes some things as far as offensive... offensive yeah. uh, Numbers go, offensive strategies go, and that also helps Tannehill, who averages almost 100 less yards per game passing in the playoffs versus the regular season, right? So just ever since he's become a Titan, you've seen him play in the playoffs and you see him just not be the same guy that you see in the regular season. So I'm hoping with all this extra mojo from adding the uh, Derrick Henry back, which, you know, it's going to happen. They're mm-hmm. going to become better, not even just because Derrick Henry's playing just the idea of Derrick Henry is yeah. there now, yep. and that changes not only how Tennessee plays; it changes how the defense is going to spend the next couple of hours. You know, the hours that they wouldn't be spending worrying about Derrick Henry now they have to have, worry about that. And the other guys are still healthy too, you know. So it's just a lot. And I have a lot more stats, but you know, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, one th- last thing I'm going to mention: did, did you have something to say? No, about go that? ahead. Is that Joe Mixon? Um, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, he was a very uh, you know viable starter in fantasy. Great pick probably like the fourth best fantasy running back this year, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So over the last six games, he has fewer than four yards per carry in each of these last six games. And he has had 10 or more carries in each of those games. So that's the longest streak in the NFL this season for having that many carries per game and averaging less than four yards per game. So he's getting the volume, but he's not producing. So that is something you want to watch out for when you're playing against a team like the Tennessee Titans. And you're wondering why, because, you know Tennessee sucks against the pass, right? They're one of the worst teams against the pass. Yep. Bengals are one. so. Why is that important, right? It's important because opportunistic defenses uh, and Tennessee ranks number two as far as opportunistic defenses, right after the Dallas Cowboys. It's important because opportunistic defenses, when they're forced to focus only on one aspect of an offense, then those opportunistic probabilities go off the charts. If they're if a team sucks at stopping wide receivers like the Tennessee Titans, you would assume. That they get destroyed and the other team will run the ball more. But but if Cincinnati can't run the ball, then even though they suck at stopping wide receivers, they're only focusing on stopping wide receivers at that point. Yep. And that makes it a lot easier for them to succeed even though they're not good at it. It makes them it makes it a much better chance that these really strong safeties and these really strong cornerbacks to get those picks that they've been getting all season long. So that's why it's important for the Cincinnati Bengals to not only come in here just putting, you know, be bde down and throwing the ball like crazy but also getting those draw plays in those screen passes in and those uh Run plays in there only just to keep an opportunistic defenses on their toes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think you bring up a good point. As long as they can keep the defense honest with some sort of a run game, the then they're able to easily expose the Tennessee Titans' flaws, which is stopping the second the secondary stopping receivers, right? Right. They're 31st against opposing receivers in receiving yards. And so you look at a guy like Jamar Chase, his over-under and prop bet for Mm -hmm. receiving yards is Mm -hmm. 77 and a half, which I looked at his and then T. Higgins was in the sixties and Boyd was in the Mm forties. And the way I thought about it. It is yeah, it literally would only take one play for Chase to get more than half of that because right. all they do is air it out.
2: Which he does quite often.
0: And the one thing the Bengals have, do- have done, at least up until this point, is even when they're ahead, they're not they're not putting taking their foot off the gas and running the ball or anything like that. I still think they're just a throwing first team as in indic- indic- indicative of the last five weeks. And so with that being said, I don't think they're going to go in there and change their philosophy and, and cater to the Tennessee Titans. So I really, really like Jamar Chase's prop bet at over 77 yeah and a half just because titans receiving uh de- defense against receivers and the fact that the Bengals have alluded to passing more the last five weeks yes. and the you know pair that the fact with that joe burrow has come out yeah. come onto the scene and is
2: yeah w- what what do you mean by come on the scene right well he has a passer rating over a hundred in the last five games five straight games mm-hmm. and that's tied with aaron Rodgers for the longest active streak this season So he's literally playing like Aaron Rodgers. He's actually playing better than Aaron Rodgers if you really want to talk about uh, touchdowns and interception ratios and all that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's absolutely no reason to shy off of passing bets for this game because, like we mentioned, so many flaws on this Tennessee Titans secondary and Joe Burrow's just on fire right now. So these receivers, like Jamar Chase, Mm -hmm. they're going to eat. They're going to eat. One last piece of uh, information that I feel like it's kind of important Mm because we've talked about – uh quarterbacks wide receivers running backs but we have to talk about a little bit of the defensive side of things that may play a big role in this game so trey hendrickson who's a defensive end for the Bengals, um he is actually um putting up numbers like this 43.5 percent pressure rate with him on the field last week versus 9.1 without him on the field. that's a huge difference that's a significant difference that needs to be that Tennessee needs to talk about in their pregame uh, preparation. Yep. Um. So yeah. So I, th- I think that's just something to look out for. I just wanted to bring that up. So we as viewers, um, whenever you see Trey Hendrickson on the field, uh, there's a higher chance of the opposing team kind of crumbling. Uh, with a forty-three point five pressure rate, that's that's a significant yeah.
1: number. Yeah. Um. In terms of your prop bet, I mean, I think that seventy-seven and a half. I mean, Chase is it def he can definitely do that. I just worry if the game script for the that game will uh, affect um his chances anyway uh in in the sense of you know if the titans just come out running the ball often then that's less chances of the Bengals going out and, and um you know less offensive drives for the Bengals. so that's my only concern but outside of that then uh you know chase has done spectacular things all year as has joe burrow so i mean it's definitely possible to hit that
0: yeah, yeah. I think I think r- you're right if the game script does go that way, yeah. but that still means that the Bengals at some point will have to throw. Yeah. So it just makes me believe that even when they're ahead, that prop isn't out of it. Even when they're behind, that prop isn't that's out of thing. it. And that's the biggest thing to me is mm-hmm. they throw even when they're up and they throw obviously when they're down. So yeah. it just is a really like an opportunistic aspect yeah. of things to take advantage Th- that's of.
2: That's why this is a no-brainer. That's yeah. why this is a no-brainer because... You know, you you mentioned that like if a team holds the ball for so long it mm-hmm. gives the other team less time right. to throw but the Titans having Derrick Henry on their team and having all three of these guys at the same time and them just being like the best team in football as far as moving the ball goes when they have all these guys together. Well, they have them now together. Mm-hmm. So even if they milk the clock, they're going to probably score in some form. Like whether it's three points or some they're going to score. Mm-hmm. Which means what for the Bengals? They have to score too. So they just because the other team's holding the ball a little bit longer does not take away from the fact that it's still Joe Burrow and they still like to throw, right? Yeah. The only way that hinders... Uh, the Bengals' numerically, um, numerically, uh, numerical side of things mm-hmm. is by if the Titans hold the ball for so long and they don't score. And then the Bengals can be like, run the ball, yeah. run the ball, short passes. But if the t- Titans do score by mm-hmm. withholding the ball, which they probably will, then they're, I don't see them stopping from what they're doing uh, normally.
0: Yeah, weather's going to be 36 degrees, only four-mile-an-hour winds, so it doesn't seem like that's going to affect the passing or anything like that, which we know this weekend weather can come into play. Uh, any final notes on this game? No, should be a good matchup. Let's jump into the next game on Saturday. The San Francisco 49ers, after coming off of an upset in the Super Wild Card weekend, are traveling to Lambeau Field to take on Aaron Rodgers and the number one seeded Green Bay Packers. It's going to be cold in Lambeau, 9 degrees, game time temperature, 11 mile per hour winds. So uh, coldness is definitely going to be a factor from a team that plays primarily in San Francisco, traveling to Green Bay. Green Bay at home, getting five and a half points uh, on the spread, over under 47 and A half. Uh, couple things to note. Obviously I mentioned this every time these two teams play. They played each other one time this year already. Week 3 the Packers won, come from behind final kick 30 to 28. That was in San Francisco. This is in Lambo. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I mentioned even when we talked about it last time is Aaron Rodgers has this weird rivalry with the 49ers because mm-hmm. they passed up on Aaron Rodgers and they drafted Alex Smith. And so that is something that in my opinion he never has forgotten about. So there's that added motivation. What else are you guys seeing in this game? Yeah,
1: um, so this is like a rematch of last year's divisional matchup against the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers and Mason Crosby, the, the 49ers score a touchdown late in the game, and Mason Crosby comes back and scores a 51-yard mm-hmm. uh, field goal to win the game. So, um, you know, it's I'm sure that's in the mind of the 49ers, and they're a different team now. They run the ball. They run the ball really well. With their receiver. With their receiver, Debo Samuel, and with their running back, Elijah yeah. Mitchell, right? Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, even having missing, like, I think it was eight eight games or six games, um, he is the eighth. Uh, he is eighth in rushing yards this year yeah. so this guy is a beast he can he can he can do a lot of things in running for the 49ers in the running game um, and Packers are I believe top 10 in rush defense but have they really had a two uh, I guess fight or uh, a team like the 49ers who run the ball that well so I think it's gonna be a big test for the Packers uh, another interesting thing to, to think about is we talk about Aaron Rodgers how great he is um, maybe go Maybe second go. I don't know. But uh, here's a very key uh, fact in the playoffs: when Aaron Rodgers throws an interception, he the Packers are one and six. Damn. When when Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw an interception, they're six and one. So limit the turnovers of. Aaron Rodgers has to continue being flawless in order for them to uh, move on to the next round and beat the 49ers.
2: Jeez, what a burden to have on your shoulders. you got to be perfect. Yeah, um, That's why he's the baby goat. That's why, <laughs> that's he'll, why he'll be in that conversation. Goat. No, yeah. absolutely. There's some reasons. So this is the hardest matchup for me to figure out who's going to win, actually, to be honest with you, because it was, you know, I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl, right? So I'm yeah. going to pick the Packers or win this game. However, there's so many things going against the Packers. There's so many things going against the 49ers. And I'm going to tell you a couple of these things, Okay. So the Packers have not beaten the 49ers in the playoffs since 2001. Okay? That's a that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um and Rodgers is 11 and 9 in his career in the playoffs. So this guy that we see this indestructible force that we've known, you know, we see twice a year as Vikings fans mm-hmm. and you just from sheer just you know, Aaron Rodgers is yeah. the man, right? Right. Like, um he's 11 and 9 in, in the playoffs. Like that's not very good. You know, it's, it's a winning record, mm-hmm. but what's going on here? So like then you start diving deep into the, uh, why this is happening, all this stuff. And, you know, it, it, can, it can make you go crazy because now I have some stats on why, like, the 49ers are looking really, really risky if you want to pick the 49ers game. Cali teams are 2-12 playing in Green Bay in the months of December or January. Makes sense. Ever. In all time. Makes sense. Okay. So, like, you know, you're coming from, like, this perfect weather. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. I'm coming from Fort Worth, and, like, this is feeling a little bit colder than that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm already, like, complaining. Yeah. But I'm also wearing shorts. Um, but, like, think about coming from the West Coast, man, and then yeah. going to Green Bay with that weather and that yeah. atmosphere. Yep. They, that's tough. where they're 2-12. and 12. Guess which those guess which team has those two wins?
0: Uh, Cali team? Probably the 49ers. Yeah, they have both those two yeah, wins. Yeah, okay. makes
2: sense. But they're also 2-5 and five overall. Yeah. So they yeah. have played them quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah like, these are just crazy, like, one – End to the other end kind of stats, right? Mm-hmm. Like Aaron Rodgers does not play really play that well in the playoffs, and then you have uh, Cali teams struggling tremendously when they come to Green Bay. So now it's like, you know, these little small factors that we, you know, I, I mentioned quite often. I've been mentioning throughout the year, like you know, uh, this is a really weird reason why this team could win, and uh, this is a really weird reason why this uh, reason why this team could lose. But these stats seem almost meaningless at this point because of the crazy amount of dichotomy going on. Uh, amongst these two teams, mm-hmm. and you mentioned the uh, Aaron Rodgers feud against the San Francisco 49ers for not for not picking them. So there's a lot of reasons. Like if you were to just give stats and take the name Packers and take the name San Francisco away from you know these two teams and just presented the statistics to another individual who has no idea which team we're presenting the stats of, I don't know if they would pick the right teams because yeah. you know the Packers have never beaten the four, haven't beaten the 49ers in the playoffs since 2001. I feel like that one's a pretty significant one to like choose one team or the other. So it's like, it's up for grabs.
0: Yeah, the, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we all have the Packers making the Super Bowl, right? So this does present, present us with a little bit of a predicament because the 49ers obviously upset the Cowboys uh, on the road. They're playing with a ton of momentum right at the right time. They have the history with Shanahan against LaFleur. They both were um, coaches with the Washington former, the Redskins at the time. Uh, So there's history Mm -hmm. like every way you unpack it. And we talked about Aaron Rodgers so much. And one key to the 49ers success is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has won like over 70% of his starts for the 49ers. There's something stupidly outrageous, right? Um, But he's got a torn ligament on his throwing hand thumb, Mm -hmm. right? So, Obviously, even if even if like he can play, which he will, he's going to play. That's got to present some sort of burden or obstacle for him. And then he also suffered a shoulder sprain last week against Dallas, so he's been on the injury report all week. He's a little bit hobbled. There was even talks earlier of if Trey Trey Lance would get into the flow and 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 see some snaps with that read option or or in the red zone. So that to me is a huge huge X factor because Green Bay is getting healthier. Uh, David Bakhtiari is supposed to be back for them, which he hasn't played pretty much all year. That's one of the best lines. Of all time in football yeah. coming back for Aaron Rodgers. And then the shutdown corner, Jair Alexander. Uh, I don't I don't know his exact status, but I know he practiced. He's questionable and yeah. Bakhtiari is doubtful at this moment. Oh, Bakhtiari is doubtful now? I, I okay. don't I don't know
2: if he'll ever play, dude.
0: I don't Think know what's so? going on. We've
2: been talking about him since like week yeah, four. Yeah. But yeah,
0: he's doubtful as of like four or five hours ago. Okay. I, I and don't then know. They have so they have Jair Alexander and they also have uh, Zedarius Zadarius Smith. Okay, so they have like three cogs that are the two best player on, players on their defense mm-hmm. and probably the best offensive lineman they have. Yeah. So like if, if any of those play, even one out of those three play, yeah. that's a huge thing. If Jair Alexander plays, that's a shutdown corner right zadaria smith plays that's a middle linebacker that's navigating the yeah. entire defense or if you have david bakhtiari that's a tackle that's yeah. literally One the most of the important best. positions yeah. in football so there's a lot to unpack here obviously five and a half points in the playoffs against a team that loves to run the football that's a lot of points right yeah. because teams that run that can sustain drives that can even just kick field goals and drives with field goals keep the score close so five and a half seems like a lot but green bay at home this year i think there's been times early in the season where I was like, Oh, I don't know. Does Aaron Rodgers really have it this year? Does he give a shit? Like he came into the season, hating the Packers franchise and all this BS, but this is like the scariest Packers team yeah. I can remember in recent memory. For so sure. uh, I'm a little worried that there's an added motivation to Rodgers, Adams his contract's about to be up. So there's an added motivation from the two best players on their team. Right. And that's something I don't want to focus on. And
1: then there's an added motivation on the coaches, right? Matt uh-huh. LaFleur is like the mentee to the mentor who's Shanahan. Yeah, Shanahan. So yeah. um, that's going to be interesting to see. I'm sure he wants to go out yeah. on top and, and yep. defeat yeah. his yeah. mentor. Yeah, yeah, he
2: hasn't slept, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Like if there's one win he wants... is this one. It's this one, right? Yeah. Um, and another thing, forget the added motivation between Adams and Rogers. Look at Just hear me out about these statistics before even this... Uh, The added motivation aspect, okay? So Adams scores, or he has 123.6 yards per game in five career games against San Francisco, right? Mm -hmm. That's the most by any player versus San Francisco since 1970. So he definitely, like, he is the best player that San Francisco has ever faced as far as wide receivers go. Uh, Minimum of four games, because there's some, like, one-game wonders, whatever. Rodgers has 104.7 career passer rating and 12 starts against the 49ers. That's the highest by any starter against 49ers all time. Wow. So when you have the two best players on a team throwing to like one throwing to the other and they both have their best games against this team, mm-hmm. that's something to be worrying about. Yep.
1: It's yeah. Gonna, it's going to be tough. I think um, I, I have the Packers winning, but I, you know, I, and I mentioned this for the last game against it with the Titans, like run the ball. I mean, if. 49ers just run the ball and control the clock yeah. here. It seems like a bro- I seem like, sound like a broken record, but no. that's going to be Dude, the way to beat the Packers, right?
2: Like the best formula, the, the perfect formula in football is to have the perfect running game. If you have the perfect running game, you're going to win pretty much every game, mm-hmm. right? But it has to be perfect. And that's what the, the 49ers is the closest thing to perfect as it gets when it comes to running right, game. Right. So yeah, that could be their formula. They could, That could very well be their formula because if Rodgers is not allowed to throw for five touchdowns and the 49ers uh, somehow squeak out, long drives and scored 28 points on the ground that makes it tough for the Packers you know so yeah
0: yeah, I think, I think I lean 49ers to cover five and a half, but I'm still going to take the Packers to win that game. Uh, obviously, like I mentioned, again, nine degrees, 11-mile-per-hour winds. So uh, home field advantage for Green Bay is, is a real, real thing. Uh, let's jump into Sunday, Shove It. The first game in the doubleheader slate on Sunday is the L.A. Rams, the fourth seed, traveling to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The best weather, if any, game this weekend, 58 <laughs> degrees there in Tampa. Still going to be 11-mile-per-hour winds. I don't know how much that's going to come into a factor. Tampa Bay at home, favored by two and a half, over under 48. Uh, quick note, obviously, these two teams have also faced each other. The Rams won Week 3 matchup at home, 34-24. to 24. So both of the two teams that played each other played at home, and now they're going on the road. So Tampa Bay, again, has to travel to—or uh, I'm sorry, LA has to travel to Tampa Bay. Um, what are you guys seeing here?
1: Yeah, I think that if there is a game for Tom Brady haters to be excited about, have a <laughs> chance for it you know them the Buccaneers and to be kicked out of the playoffs I think this is the game I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Tom Brady uh so the uh offensive line for the Buccaneers is the maybe the second best or top one uh offensive line in the NFL and Mm -hmm. and Going against a defensive line with Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald in the last, you know, two, three weeks has really um, kind of sur- resurged and uh, been been amazing. You know, they've got 50 sacks in this year, this year, uh, which is, I think, the fourth best in the league. So that's going to be an interesting David versus Goliath matchup uh, to, to watch for. Um, so the, the other matchup to watch for, obviously, is a guy named Ramsey. You know, the, Evans versus Ramsey. If, if. Evans is covered like he was in the first time they, they played five catches for 54 yards. And we start double-teaming Gronkowski. Guys like Perriman, um, guys, and I forget the other guy's name. Um, but, but Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson has to step up. And will they be able to step up against uh, the Rams' defense? And that's going to be you know something to, to look out for. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for the matchup. I'm, I'm going to side with the Rams on this game, and I think the Rams actually come out and win against the Buccaneers.
2: Yeah, um, that's not a – you know, it's only – the Buccaneers are favored by 2.5, so it could very well go either way. Um, But, yeah, the Rams are on fire. They might be the most on-fire team as of week, what, uh, 13? So the Rams are tied for the best record in the NFL since week 13, including the playoffs. They've won six of their last seven games. The only loss was week 18 against San Francisco, and, you know, it wasn't really the the end of it all if they lost that game. So that being said – There's also something else we need to kind of talk about, and that's Tom Brady and how he plays against the Rams, right? He's 0-2 versus Rams since joining the Buccaneers, so he hasn't beaten them yet. So that's got to play some role in the back of our mind. Like, how do I beat this team? Because I clearly haven't beaten them yet. Um, You know, and then Matthew Stafford, as much as you guys know how much I dislike this man very passionately, he led the league uh, with 139.6 passer rating versus the Blitz
0: so that that's like what's that that like what's that like (laughs) Like a quarterback that can actually handle pressure holy right
2: right 139.6 uh pass rating against the blitz the template defense however had a 38.1 blitz percentage which is the second highest in the nfl so they will be coming
0: another one of those yes (laughs) which
2: one which one will
0: unstoppable force versus immovable object type stuff
2: right corvette and what's the other one was there was there a corvette thing about kobe a while back
0: Corbett versus, um, what's Porsche? I
2: I I forgot. It was something about Shaq Mm. and Kobe. I don't Uh. remember. But anyways, (laughs) um, yeah. So the Rams are on fire. Tom Brady hasn't beaten the Rams. Um, and one fun little, um, thing to look for. This is the eighth playoff game in the last 30 seasons between opposing starting quarterbacks that each ranked in the top two in passing touchdowns that season. Damn. So like. This is offensive firepower. The QB ranked number one has won five of the previous seven matchups. Okay. So, yeah, this is Tom Brady's game to lose. And like you mentioned, the wide receiver situation and how, you know, if you can eliminate Mike Evans, well, Perriman's on the injury report. And it's not a simple, you know, like a finger or something. It's a hip it's a hip and an abdomen. So it's a big deal. They're down to literally nothing, and it's a Rams defense. Von Miller could literally just eliminate Gronk if he was put on yeah. Gronk as an assignment. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of things going against the Buccaneers, and that's also why you see the line is just 2.5 for a home team.
0: Yeah. You saw what that defensive line did to a insanely mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray. Right. So just just imagine Tom Brady back there. We we haven't even hit on the fact that Tristan Wirps, their right tackle, is on the injury report, and then their center, Ryan Jensen, is also yeah. on the injury report. Do you know report. who the Rams? have on the injury report? Yeah, Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle. So, their left tackle's out. So, Andrew Whitworth's out for the Rams. So, the one thing that I read up on is their backup left tackle is the left tackle of the future that's going to replace Whitworth because he's, like, in his 40s. So, I don't think they're that upset about that, even though Whitworth's, like, a Mm -hmm. perennial Hall of Famer, maybe. Um, But Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle on the other side, and their center being out against an Aaron Donald and Von Miller defensive line, especially after seeing how they dominated Kyler Murray, who can scramble with the best of them. Like, Tom Brady is going to have to have even more pre-snap reads and that's just going to be oh, feasting for an opportunistic defense yep. and like a Jalen Ramsey, especially if he's locking down Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do worry tremendously about the Buccaneers' offensive line woes against that Rams defensive line. And as much as I'd been fading the Rams towards the end of the year uh, to my own demise because that's when they've gotten hot, I mean, they're in a very, very like friendly matchup between these two teams. Yeah. Like I think a matchup on paper, the Rams have the advantage.
2: Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady just lost two of his yeah. – superstar offensive lineman, and you have two of the best defensive linemen in football. Like, yep. And then you have the best cornerback in league shutting down the one important guy. <laughs> the one like, receiver they
1: have that's healthy.
0: Right. So how do you... In what world are the Buccaneers going to win this game? I don't know. I still pick the Bucs, unfortunately. I don't know what I was thinking, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just that Tom Brady factor, yeah, right? Yeah, Like, course. this guy does of not course. lose nine Super Bowls no. and anything. Tom Brady, if, if, if there's a quarterback I would say can go out and win this game, it's Tom Brady. But, yeah, the odds. there are a lot of things going against him this yeah. game. Yeah, Absolutely. Vegas
0: obviously still thinks they're favorite that two and a half. So are, are you guys both leaning Rams plus two and a half? I think so. I man. They
2: have little to nobody on the injury report, and they're hot. It's just hard to it's, it's And don't forget about like Sony Michelle, Cam Akers, yeah. both of them. Cam Akers a, looked good. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. I was I, I was actually like very shocked that he looked as Same. good as he did already. Um yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a Stafford thing. Like if yeah. they lose, it's yeah, gonna it's be it's a Stafford Stafford. And I'm not yeah. gonna be surprised.
0: And OBJ. I no, just, no, I, no be, I don't. I don't nah, think OBJ is not going to be the reason they lose. No, no, I don't no. Think. Sorry, I, I was going back
1: to my Sony Michelle canmakers oh, okay. and OBJ. Uh, no, it was not, a very, de, very delayed s- and OBJ. very delayed OBJ. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> yes, and Cooper Cup and, and Co- Tyler. Oh, don't forget about the best player in yeah, the league. Yeah. yeah, Cooper Cup. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, dude, I don't know. These matchups on paper seem exa- insanely exciting, but I'm also once picking the Bucks. Right now, I've convinced myself that the rams are the better team
2: they are the better team dude they are it's the tom brady factor like you said you can never count that guy out so i'm still it's probably still gonna be a close game but i can see 50 different scenarios where the buccaneers lose rather than one scenario and that's
0: matthew stafford
1: yeah tell me more dr strange
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so let's jump into the next game then the last game on the board for this weekend is probably the biggest game of the weekend, the number three seeded Buffalo Bills are traveling to Arrowhead to take on the number two rated Chiefs. 35 degrees, it's going to be chilly, only three mile per hour winds, so these gunslinging quarterbacks shouldn't have any issue slinging those guns and so these two teams obviously have also already faced off week five bills won the first matchup oh my God. 38 to 20 and that was in kansas I, city I, I'm, I'm just getting excited just thinking about this game, dude I, I was when we were recording last week when i even just said this matchup i got like goosebumps all across and <laughs> that doesn't ever yeah. happen bro so yeah. the chiefs yeah. favored at home minus yeah. one and a half over under 54 Bills have beat the Chiefs this year already 38-20 to 20 in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And that game, the biggest difference was
1: turnovers. the Achilles heel.
0: Mahomes, three turnovers that game, two interceptions and a fumble. Josh Allen, pretty much flawless. So Josh Allen has been riding this flawless train for a couple weeks now. Yeah. It's like the whole – it's like the Rams of the AFC to me, yeah. right? They were, like, not beating good teams. They were almost close to not making the playoffs. Making bad throws. Making bad throws, accuracy issues. All of a sudden, you're resurging, and you're playing the best football at the right time. Yeah,
1: yeah um, Josh Allen – is a beast, right? Yeah. And he's amazing. He's a great quarterback. But when you get the seal of approval from um, Bill Belichick, yeah. he comes out and says, mm-hmm. what you guys did last week, that that was amazing, and you made it very tough on us to win the game. Like, when he comes out, he comes to you and talks to you about that, like, that's got to... you got to feel good about yeah. that. One of the greatest coaches of all time saying that. Um, but, you know, this is... It's not just Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. It's also the Bills' defense. I feel like the Bills' defense, uh, they've got two safeties that have definitely surged, uh, Mike, uh, Micah Hyde and uh, Jordan Poyer, Poyer. Poyer. Yes, both, both are Pro Bowl-caliber uh, safeties that, you know— Patrick Mahomes has talked about being more patient and having more dump-offs and things like that, but he still likes to throw it deep. And when you have these pro bowlers out there that are not going to allow you to do that and also are able to stop the the middle of the field, um, you know, it's going to be, I think, a heavy Kelsey type of uh, game. um, And it's just going to be a fun shootout for both of the teams. I actually like the Bills' chances here. Um, They've done it before. They can do it again uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Yeah, they did do it in the regular season for mm-hmm. sure. Um, this is the first playoff game in NFL history. I love just saying that word. Yeah. It just makes things so much more <laughs> important. <laughs> this is the first playoff game in NFL history featuring two quarterbacks to each throw for five or more touchdowns in the previous game. That has never happened before. What? Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, touchdown, Agami. Hmm. That's a wow. touchdown. Touchdown, Agami? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is. So, um, yeah. So, like, you know – this should be a Super Bowl matchup. Like, if, if the whole AFC-NFC thing wasn't a thing, like, this is what I want to see in Super Bowl. Like, both these teams deserve it, like, more than I would say any other team mm-hmm. right now. Like, I, I love both these teams. I love how they play, and they're both playing very similar style football. Like, we don't know the Bills as a running team. We don't know the Chiefs as a running team. They've both decided to incorporate the running factor because they just don't want to be one-dimensional, right? Like, they no. they've Chiefs got exposed last year for being one-dimensional, and, you know, it's it's important. It's important to have that aspect, and they're both doing it really well. Um, so, a couple of things. Um, you know, we talk about Josh Allen being so good. Well, I mean, you can level up and become Patrick Mahomes, who is just that much better in pretty much everything besides uh, power running. Power running is the only thing Josh Allen's better than Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes is a. career passing rating in the postseason. That's the highest by any quarterback with five or more starts in NFL history. So, like, it doesn't matter if he's playing in regular season. It doesn't matter if he's playing in postseason. He just plays Patrick Mahomes football. And that's part of the reasons why he's made it to the Super Bowl two out of the three years since he's just ever came to the NFL, right? Um, And to talk about, like, you know, one player can play like that and elevate the rest of his teammates, but – his, his best weapon is also playing like that. Travis Kelsey has averaged 84.6 career reception uh, receiving yards per game in the playoffs. Only Steve Smith Sr., the Steve Smith Sr., has averaged more in NFL history. Yeah. So, like, what Patrick Mahomes plays perfect football always, right? Uh, most times, you know, m- more than any other player. And then you have Travis Kelsey, who just gets on fire when it comes to the playoffs. So, like you mentioned, that that's going to be a connection. Mm-hmm. The Bills are going to have to figure out a way to shut that down. And we've seen the Chiefs, you know, get close to having the best record in the NFL while their best wide receiver is not even playing that good this year. He's dropping passes here and there. He's causing interceptions. So if Tyreek Hill, still the X factor, still the X factor, because right now he's like in the back seat in so many conversations because he's been dropping passes down deep and stuff. But let's just imagine a world where that doesn't happen. This game is over. Like if this this uh, playoff Kelsey connection with Patrick Mahomes. And this Tyree Hillsey player that's or Travis uh Tyreek Hill. Tyreek player <laughs> that we've kinda just kinda shooed under the carpet because of recent, you know, bias, recency bias. If they if all three of these guys play perfect football, there is still not a better team. Forget the defense. Forget the any forget anything else. If these
0: three players play at the peak of their football, there is nothing and there's nobody that can stop them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what I want to see is two teams that obviously on paper is the most exciting matchup that we can think of play to their highest potential. Yes. That would be make for a great football game. Cause then the best, the better team will come out on top, right? I, obviously there are so many other things that can come into play there, but I want to see a game where the chiefs are playing their best. I want to see a game where the bills are playing their best. Cause then you can really truly see who's going to be, who's like really deserved to win. Yeah. Because the one thing, the one fear I have is is that secondary right you have those safeties you have this formula for the chiefs that has at least worked in the sense that they're not giving up home run plays at least good teams are not giving up home run plays to them it's all underneath stuff it's all be patient take what the defense give you blah 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 right the chiefs were dominant on the defensive end for like eight weeks but that started after they were atrocious on defense Mm -hmm. right atrocious like the worst defense in the league at the time Mm -hmm. so the buffalo bills offensive weapons to me still is can take advantage of that is can take it, not only can take advantage of it but if i'm putting those two offensive uh cores next to each other i still give the edge from more of uh, more overall players uh to the bills right they have more overall receivers than the one tyree Hill, right pringle hardman yeah they're nobodies right you have kelsey obviously but dawson knox is no slouch at the tight end position either mm-hmm. right you have emmanuel sanders you have you have all these guys that have stepped up that To me, if Diggs is taken away, like Tyreek Hill can be taken Mm -hmm. away, and let's say Kelsey just gets his, and teams have beat the Chiefs by letting Kelsey get his but shutting down Tyreek Hill. So on the Bill side of the football, now that they've run to learn to run with Devin Singletary, which has also led to Josh Allen running the ball more, Mm -hmm. they have an extra dynamic to their offense right now that I think the Chiefs don't have. And that's just that could be recency bias with the Bills playing really, really hot, but Like we talked about the Chiefs having no problem moving the football, Mm -hmm. but struggling to still consistently put up those points. Well, we talked about the Buffalo Bills all year when they win, they win by fucking double digits. They annihilate teams. So it's my, I'm also, for some reason, could be recency bias. I also have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but right now, right this day, I think the Chiefs on, or on the Bills on paper are scarier than the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, Bills are doing a lot of cool things on the offense too, right? Like you mentioned Singletary, um, you know Gabriel Davis. and There's a guy McKenzie that they're Isaiah they were, McKenzie. He was a, yep. being incorporated in the running game more often, kind of like the whole Debo Samuel thing yeah. that we talked about last week. So yeah, I mean it, it's their offense is fun to watch, and uh, but you know you can never write off Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs either. So it, I mean, no, I, they're a dynasty at this point. No, almost, in, right.
2: In three years, they've already yeah. established themselves as like yeah. there will there won't be another better offense for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um. So you know everything you guys said, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of bills, uh, love, right? Much deserved. Yeah. Um, So they have um, defeated. These are the quarterbacks they've defeated this season. And this is why they beat them so badly. They beat Mac Jones twice. They beat Tua twice. They beat Mahomes. That was, that's literally the only good name. I'm going to say they beat Trevor Simeon, Mm -hmm. Heineke, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, white mills and Zach Wilson. Damn. Those, these are the players they annihilated. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, you should be annihilating these guys, right? So it's just that they do it so often. And it's, you know, in the 2021 Bills are the eighth team in NFL history to win 12 or more games by 12 or more points in a season, right? And each of the previous seven teams that did this, no matter which name I gave you, they won the Super Bowl. Damn. They've all won the Super yeah. Bowl. However, this road to the Super Bowl is what the Bills are kind of iffy at. They're 0-3 in road playoff games under Sean McDermott. 0-3. So there's not much backing that. You know, th- like the potential is there. Yeah. They will make it a Super Bowl with that stat of how dominant they've been all season. But their playoffs I
1: wonder if that 0-3 is all in Kansas City
0: could be you know what it, it, could, it yeah. could very well be i the way i look at this is the same way the chiefs were the chiefs two three years ago up and coming all of a sudden you're like holy shit this is yeah. a scary fucking team how do uh-huh. you stop them they seem insane mom's yeah. the greatest quarterback of all time blah 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 that is the vibe and feeling i'm getting of this buffalo bills regime and team that's yeah. coming about this year so it's that same like they're building up to be a perennial dynasty. The missing piece was Josh Allen's accuracy and obviously Josh Allen has figured out a way that either he's going to throw the ball less and just use his legs and run more mm-hmm. to take away the inaccurate throws mm-hmm. or he's going to use Devin Singletary, which has been their missing weapon. And so that's that's how I'm envisioning this Buffalo Bills team right now. Um but at the same time, the Chiefs like we mentioned, established dynasty. They've been there, Andy Reid's been there, they've won a Super Bowl. Mahomes yeah. knows what it's like. Um and so the pressure is still on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, definitely.
2: Like, the, they have a formula. The Chiefs have a formula that they are not wavering away from, mm-hmm. right? Like, teams know what their formula is. They still can't stop them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we mentioned, like, stop Tyreek Hill, but you know what? Forget Tyreek Hill even exists. I don't think it matters. I really don't think Tyreek Hill is even anything. He's an X Factor at this point. He's not a focal point of the offense. I have him on a fancy team, so I watch him very closely. They don't care about Tyreek Hill. They use him for deep bombs. They use him. There's games where he gets like three targets nowadays. Like, they're not, like, Pringle's getting two touchdowns a game. Like these no namers that we talked about, like they're, they're up and coming as well. You know, like, I don't know if it's Patrick Mahomes just making the perfect plays to make them look better, which is probably what it is, but that's the formula they've established. They're like, we're going to get the Robinsons, we're going to get the Pringles, and we're going to make them look fantastic because we have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the Bills love them. Love the Bills. Me and Chauvet, week one, you know, when we were deciding who's going to win the Super Bowl, we're like, don't forget about the Bills. So yeah, the, the very much love for the Bills and what they do is de- definitely there. It just sucks that they have to go through Kansas City to make this happen.
1: That's how you become a dynasty. Yeah, you beat the best real quick. Mahomes or Allen? Who are you picking? Mahomes. Who would you start? Who would you? I always or say or Mahomes. Who would you? Build a team around. Mahomes. There's nobody else i build my team around it's Patrick Mahomes.
2: Five years from now. Yeah. Joe Burrow would be my answer. Yeah. But right now, Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick a- Mahomes. Allen still has those tendencies where yeah. you're like, what kind, yeah. yeah. say, what kind of throw is that? Yeah. I never say what kind of throw is that once it releases from Mahomes' hands.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. But Josh Allen has been doing really well um this year, but I still think that Mahomes is the down the stretch, more consistent, um, I guess less injury prone also than true, Josh Allen. True, because
2: he doesn't like taking the hits. Yeah. Um, real quick, about taking the hits. Josh Allen actually averages a lot of rushing yards per game anytime he faces the Chiefs. Uh, I think he's averaging around 63 rushing yards per game in the three career head-to-head matchups versus Patrick Mahomes. And I think that's also
0: because he senses that urgency that he yep. has to make yep. plays happen. He can't just sit there and like, you know, that so. was another prop that I looked at because we've seen this recent surge of him running the ball more because he feels like it adds another dynamic to the entire offense, and his over-under rushing was at 50-and-a-half. So mm-hmm. historically, he's better rushing against the Chiefs. They figured out a formula for Singletary and for him to do some read option shit and for him – to show that sense of urgency, and it's easy for him to get 20, 25 yards. That's half the prop in one play. So that's another prop that I actually do not mind. At 50, knowing that his career average against the Chiefs is 63. Yeah,
2: and knowing the game script
0: may not be favoring them. Yes. May not. There's a higher chance of it not favoring the Bills than the... He's gonna have to run, and and the Bills are another team. Even if the game script is not favoring them, they're still gonna play the same football, right? right? So I don't think they're gonna go up fourteen nothing and be like, "Let's just I formation, Devin Singletary." That's never happening with the Bills. I can't wait to have that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. God, the the the, the luxury. So yeah, that's why I really really like that prop. That's why this game, the spread is as tight as it is because everybody has a consensus that this game could go either way. Gun to your head. Who are you taking? Bills. Chiefs. Chiefs. I said all that about the Bills, and then all of a sudden <laughs> gun to your head and you have to make the decision. It's the Chiefs. It's Andy it Reid versus yeah. a guy that's 0-3 in
2: the playoffs. Yeah. That's not that's a no-brainer for me. Yeah.
0: So it's it's gonna be a great game, obviously. Those are the four games. Obviously, took a ton of time to unpack them because there's you know, there's so much to talk about and it's the fucking playoffs. So uh, let's end the show with our brand new segment, Shove it. I want to spice things up and have a little bit of fun. So I came up with this random playoff player trivia game. Um, basically how this is gonna work is This player that I'm going to give you guys facts about played in these current playoffs, right? Whether he's playing right now or already not playing anymore, whatever, but 20 this year's playoffs, Mm -hmm. this player was a factor. So basically how the game is going to go is I'm going to start reading hints off to you guys, statements. At any point, you can guess. There's no buzz or anything, so just interrupt me. You each get two guesses, right? One wrong guess, you still get a second guess. So you can have like a really, really... Oh yeah, just gonna throw something out okay. there, kind of guess, and then yeah. a more uh, you know thought out guess. But um, okay, so here we go again. This Hold is. On. Do we have to alternate between guesses, or if I guess no, the first one, no. I can guess the second one? Immediately? Yeah, you can guess, it and then you have, and then you you're wrong, and then he can yeah. wait for all the get hints. Yeah, that's before. true. That's true. So Ooh. here we go, guys. Ready? <laughs> Random playoff player trivia. Here we go. First hint: This player was a two star recruit out of high school. <laughs> a two star recruit. Okay. Freshman year of college, he came in at a whopping five foot ten, one hundred and fifty-five pounds. Kyler Murray. Wrong. First guess. Current playoff. Kyler oh, it's still gone. in the playoffs in this. Okay. I didn't say that. I said this year's playoffs oh. they've played. Whether they've been eliminated yeah. or still in, oh. don't know. No idea. Five foot ten, what was the weight? 155. Oh my damn. Here we go. So you already have one guess gone. Yeah, oh. So you can play that to no. your advantage. Ready? Next yeah. guess. He was the winner of the Burlsworth Trophy in 2018, which is given to the best college football player who began his career as a walk on. Do you guys want to know where he walked on at? Nebraska? He walked on LSU. at Clemson. Clemson. Five foot ten? <laughs> Next hint. This random player caught a touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson in the 2017 National Championship. Okay, this 5'10
2: thing is throwing me off.
0: Because I have like two names and they're not 5'10. I'm, I'm about to run out of hints if you guys don't guess. <laughs> Some
2: Clemson, Clemson, little guy. 5-10. Okay, I, I guess I got to guess. Is
0: their, this is his third NFL season. He had over 1,000 yards receiving, nine touchdowns, and this might be a big factor. Scooter? 103 catches. Oh, my God. Now, if I, the last hint I'm not going to tell you because it's going to give it away. So I need you guys to really, really dig deep here. Five you still have 2. let Let's, let's the process re- of elimination. Receiver. Yes, receiver, right? Yeah. So eliminate every other player. He's a receiver. <laughs> he's five foot ten. So start thinking about yeah. shorter receivers. I am. I am. He came in at one hundred and fifty-five pounds. So the chances that it's like DK Metcalf is impossible. Right. Oh yeah, I know that. Because the amount of weight he probably had to put on to play in the NFL, still, he's still not a big dude. And he's been there for 2 Two-star recruit. Three years. There's a reason I just mentioned DK Metcalf, and it all makes sense to you guys here in a second. There is a reason I just mentioned DK Metcalf. And I'm going to give you guys the final hint. It's going to be the person that says it first. Here we go. He was a fifth-round pick by the Oakland Raiders. Go for it. By the Oakland Raiders? Hunter Renfro. Yes. Ah. The answer is Hunter Renfro. Wow. Ding, ding, ding. He went to Clemson? Yes, sir. All he right. walked on at Clemson after receiving like D2 and FCS uh, scholarships. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to walk on at 5'10", 155. Shashot, wow. you win the random playoff performer. You win this fruit snack. Throw it. I have to toss it into your mouth. Here we go. Caught and that, it. And that's how it's Got done. It. Much, caught it. <laughs> much like Hunter Renfro's 103 <laughs> catches. That's another catch for you, Shashot. Um, so guys. that was random playoff performer. Nice. Wow, I had to go down to the last hint. i got to be better intro.
1: than that. I was like, Zay Jones? That mm-hmm. dude's tall. 5'10"? is tall. I know. And I had to stop. He's only 5'10"? I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought he was like
0: 6'2 or 6'1". Yeah. Th- th- he was 5'10 his freshman year. I don't know what he's oh, now. <laughs> that's true. I don't know what he's now. <laughs> that's true. He may have grown an inch. Yeah, I'm gonna but, guess five eleven. Let's let me get let me look look it up. He's five he ten. Oh, he, he didn't he, he didn't grow. grow. Yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> he but he went from one fifty five to one eighty five now. He put on thirty pounds of muscle. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. And and that, there's a reason I brought up DK Metcalf. He's in that meme with DK Metcalf of like two players that play the same position in compare, the NFL they and they're completely opposite in physical stature. Yeah. So again, that was random playoff player trivia. I uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, it's over. Yeah, that's it. It was just oh, one. Oh man, I We're, thought it was be like six nah, more nah, of these. Nah, nah, nah. nah. We got to keep you guys on your toes. We got to do one a week. So then now you guys are looking forward to next week's playoff all trivia. Right, all right. Um, that's it. That's the episode, guys. Again divisional round so many exciting matchups all four games i mean all four games i'm going to be at the edge of my seat this is going to be an insane week uh again we have our special episode tomorrow with lions safety brady breeze he is going to be joining us in the studio here in this new studio uh so we're excited about that i don't know when we'll put that episode out we'll have to do some editing and stuff but then we'll have our next episode where we recap this weekend's games on monday as scheduled um final thoughts no i just just (laughs) want to see football dude. I can't wait. First game, 3.30 kickoff, I believe, tomorrow, and it's that Bengals-Titans game. So, Um, We'll be excited. We'll be tuned in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Uh, We are the only playbook. We'll see you next time.